Well, you all ready for, uh, for this season? I don't mean like, is it all wrapped? I mean, how are you doing in the heart? How are you doing in the spirit? How are you doing with your presence? Every year around this time, I'm like, I'm going to do it differently. I'm going I'm to fully, I'm just going to embrace it all. And then this thing gets in the way. Adulting. You know what I mean? The busyness, the rush, the, cru- the crush of it all. And the next thing I know, it's Christmas morning. I'm like, oh, here I am again. And it's happening in my daughters too. They're 16, 16, and 15. Last year, um, I had this great idea. Uh, just within walking distance of our house is a park. It's called Sar Kopar Park. And um, it's in the city of Lenexa, and they've just done a beautiful job with lighting every tree and the bridge and the lake and the whole thing. It's stunning, and it since has become like a destination travel to, co- to go see the lights in this park. It's just all lit up. It's gorgeous. And last year, they built an underground tunnel from our neighborhood and a walking trail across the very busy street called 87th right to the park. And so I had this idea. I'm like, Let's go to the park and we'll walk, we'll get cider or hot chocolate, we'll be cold, we'll be in the spirit, we'll carol through the woods. And so I pitch it to my daughters and, and my oldest says, Dad, you lost me at the word walk, is what she said. <laughs> I'm like, it's happening. Here we are. We're losing the sense of wonder, that ability to not be childish, but childlike, to be kiddish, to taste and see, to just gulp it all down like... Don't you want to do this differently? Don't you want to lean into the mystery and to the wonder? Don't you want to taste and see? And and how might we do that? And why should we do that? Well, because Jesus says that we should. He actually says to you and me, he's like, if you want to experience life at large, not just even this season, well, like, look with me. Here's what he says. People were also bringing babies to Jesus to have them touch them. Now, when the disciples, they saw this, they rebuked those people. Why, Why did they do that? Why did they rebuke? the people bringing their babies to Jesus to be, to be touched by Jesus? The answer is because Jesus is not Santa Claus, right? You just don't put them on the lap anymore, uh, germane to that time, is that children and babies were not just, they weren't like cherished. They weren't considered like these cherubs like we do today. They didn't have a Hallmarkian view of babies. And tragically, uh, the infant mortality rate was about 33%. It's about er- one out of every three babies didn't really survive. And so they had a very utilitarian view towards, towards their children until they could be uh, unit producing, work on the farm, work in the kitchen. Uh, they, weren't con- they were kind of discarded. And so the disciples thought they were doing a good thing by saying, don't waste the rabbi, the teacher, the J- Jesus' time. And what does Jesus do? It's so cool, so cool. He upends it all. He called the children to him. And he said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. And look at this. For the kingdom of God, for the reign, the rule, and the realm of God, for all that is true in, in, in the heavenly realm is captured, he says, in the heart of a child that belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. 
Pay attention, don't miss this. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Jesus says to you and me, we've got to be kiddish. If we want to taste and see the richness of all that the kingdom affords to you and me, to the life that is truly life, we've got to be like a kid. And so we need to study kids to pay attention to how do we do that when all of this adulting gets in the way. Who today, show of hands online, put it in the chat. Who today are just like, yep, adulting. I, I'm, I'm kind of tired of it. I'd like a new way, right? Okay, all right. So we're gonna look at three things about kids. And if you'll indulge me, these three things, I have a story of one of my daughters when they were not adulting, when they were kids. And so it's a little bit of nostalgia for me. If you'll indulge me, I'm going to walk you through a couple of things that I've observed and absolutely delighted in, in my three daughters along the way. Here's the first thing about, and these are all basic points, by the way. Super simple, not super easy for you and I to do. Number one, kids get wonder. This whole series is about wonder. Kids get wonder at the most mundane, at the most simple of things. How many of you bought a, the, the coolest gift for your little Johnny, and you put it before Johnny, and he can't get past the box? He's like, wow, this box. It's like, no, Johnny, I paid $200 for what's in there. Like, he can't get past the box. Like, I guess I just wasted $200. Because it was like the magic of cardboard and fiber and all of that it just was too much to, con to contain, to behold, here's what we know in the kingdom of God. The psalmist writes that to him, to God alone, does great wonders, and his love endures forever. Like to him alone, he does great wonders, and we need to be like children to experience it. I love how the poet Gerard Manley Hopkins, he puts it this way, the whole world is charged with the grandeur of God. The whole world is charged with the electricity of the grandeur of God, down to every molecule, note, and detail. So one, I think it was a Saturday morning, I believe at this time, we went from zero babies to three in 14 months, so I lose track, the chronology I lose, but I think at this point in time, we only had two babies in diapers, they were both crawling, uh, Mia and Brianna, and in our house, when the house would go quiet, that's when we knew we had a problem. So Elise, my wife and I were in the little family room and our girls had crawled away and then it's just, it's, it's, it's scary quiet. And, um, and so I kind of tiptoe, I was always kind of curious, what are they gonna get into, you know? So I tiptoe around into the kitchen and there I find them scooting and crawling towards their absolute favorite thing in the world the dog food bowls. And it was just, it was so cute because I, I came upon them and uh, Mia had kind of a normal crawl. Mia was just kind of like this. But Brianna had this kind of like wounded soldier kind of, kind of thing, you know? She'd just kind of do this butt scoot. And, um, and so I came around the corner and I would say, uh, no, Brianna, because Brianna was kind of the lead and Mia was the accomplice and, and, and Brianna would stop and kind of scoot back. But then Mia would like go in. I'd say, no, Mia, and she'd scoot back. And then Brianna would kind of butt scoot. And now pretty soon they're surrounded the bowl and I'm on the other side of that bowl and I'm kind of, I'm playing a little bit with them. I just want to see 
well, how well have they kind of like taken in this word no? Like, what does the word no mean to them? And um, it just basically means pause and then proceed. That's what no means. And so I say, I say, no, Brie, and she goes, I go, no, Brie, and she goes, and then she gets up kind of on her, her, her behind like this, and she comes around the bowl like this, and, and now she's kind of like this, and she looks at me, and she's sticking, she's like, like locking eye contact with me while she's stealthily dipping her finger, just one little finger, and then she's like, ha, 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 and I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, and she steps back, Mia scoots in, and then pretty soon, Brianna's like, doing this, and then she just can't handle it, and it's like she's so drawn to the water and to the bowl that she pretty soon just like plunges both hands into the water, and then she does this thing, she just like, like sits back, and she's like, she's just surging with electricity, and she lets out this delightful <laughs> thing. It was so adorable, and I actually caught it on camera. So, if you will, let's take you back to circa 2009. Brianna. Brianna. Brianna, no playing in the dog food bowls. Brianna, 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 no, Mia, Mia, no. And girls, there's gonna be none of that. Brianna, free, no. Brianna, Mia, no. Brianna, Bree, no. Hey. 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 You cannot wash your hands in the doggy's water bowl. Mia. Hey. Girls. They weren't wrong, you know, to be so compelled to keep pushing towards it. I mean, have you, have you ever thought about what goes into really those four elements? Air, if you think about what kind of shot the electricity through Brianna, air, water, your hand, and the bowl. You just take each one of those and it's like, it's stunning. Let's think about air just for a moment. What is air? It's 78% nitrogen, it's 21% oxygen. What does that add up to? 99%. Then you got these traces of armon and carbon dioxide and hydrogen and other things, and it like never changed, like that's, that's what air is. And air kind of, I don't know how you would describe it, but it like stacks up on itself 400 miles into this thing we call the atmosphere, and air has the power to, to just catch a forest on fire. And without it, Without air, we die. Have you ever thought about like what would this world be if it were airless? If there was nothing circulating through your lungs? That's amazing. And that's just one component, one variable in this. Take water, for example. Water is incredible. 556 million water, water mo molecules per every one hydrogen ion. 556 million water mo molecules per every one hydrogen ion, and that ion, it's tilted at 105 degrees, which gives it all of its, all of its kind of specific qualities. Now, here's the thing. Most planets, 
in, the unif- in, in all of God's creation? They don't have water. But for us, it's an embarrassment of riches. We have 326 million cubic miles on the surface of our planet of water. That's, that's 70%. I mean, we're swimming in this stuff, <laughs> right? It's incredible, right? And here's the thing about water. You can't taste it. You can't smell it. And it can put out a forest fire. Water can be a vapor, gas, it can be a solid, it can be a liquid. Water is a superhero. And without it, we what? We die. This is amazing. Okay, so that's the air. And now we have the water. Let's talk about our hands. Have you ever thought about your hand? Just look at your hand. Hold up your hand. Just look at it. This is incredible. I want you to just take this in. In your one hand, there are 29 bones and joints. 29. There are 123 ligaments just in your hand. How many muscles do you think you have in your hand? 34. How many nerves? 48. Now here's the kicker. 3,000 sensory receptors in your hand, in your one hand alone. And do you know that it occupies about a fourth of your brain's horsepower to operate your hand? That's not stunning. That's just your hand. Now take the air, take the water in all of its properties, take your hand, now bring it into this bowl with its saliva and its dog hair, and, right? And you, you bring in the pH levels of your body and the water and the temperature of your body and the water and atmospheric pressure and, of, of course, molecular polarity. And you do it all, and you bring air, water, hand, and you just get it in there. It's like, oh, my goodness, the whole earth is charged with the grandeur of God. To him alone who does great wonders. Amen? Amen? Can you ever walk past a water bowl again in the same way? There's so many things that we walk past every single day that if we stopped, if we studied it, if we were curious, if we tasted it, if we saw it, we go, oh my gosh, God. That'll make you revel. That'll make you wonder. Kids get wonder. If you have kids, watch them. Watch them wonder. Take notes. Learn from them. And let's start leaning into wonder ourselves. That's number one. Number two is similar. Kids get faith. What's, what's the difference between faith and wonder? Wonder is something that you kind of experience and you receive. You make yourself available to, and it just kind of happens, and it has a sense of an emotional affect. What is faith? Is it intellectual agreement? Is it it a belief system? Partly. Well, most often in the scriptures, faith is not a noun. It is a verb. It's an action. Great uh, author, philosophy professor from... USC, Dallas Willard, he said, here's what faith is like. It's like climbing a tree, going to the top branch, scooting out all the way to the end of that branch, taking a saw and sawing between you and the trunk. That's crazy, right? It's that kind of faith. And Jesus actually calls us not to be fools. We're we're to be wise, but to take some risks, to put ourselves out there, 
he concludes a story that he, that he tells his, his audience by simply asking this kind of this searing question. He says, however, when, when the Son of Man, referring to himself, when he comes, when he returns, will he find faith here? Look, look at this with me. When I, when I come, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? Will I find it in you? Will I find it demonstrated in the ways you've just put yourself out there and trust him to show up? Again, when our daughters were, were little, we went to Disneyland. Not Disney World, we went to Disneyland. I'm, I'm from Southern California. We stayed with our parents. And um, our youngest now was about, I'm going to say, she's 15 now, I'm going to say she was about 11. And uh, she was our force. If Hadley was doing well, we were doing well. If Hadley was in the tank, we were in the tank. I got her a card once for her birthday. It was um, Yoda on the cover, and it says, the force is strong with this one. That's, that's what I got with her. So now we knew because of this that um, Hadley was likely not tall enough to ride the biggest rides like her sisters were. And there was one big roller coaster in particular called California Screaming. It was the loop-de-loop kind of thing, and it was the biggest, hottest thing at that, at that time. So my wife, being the researcher, she got on there, and she looked, how tall do you have to be? 48 inches. We casually, just um, without telling her why, I think, we, we, um, we measured Hadley, not even close. I mean, we're like, we're a few months out. We're just kind of trying to prepare for this. Now she's catching on. So the sooner, the closer we get to the trip, she's like, measure me, measure me. She's not close. We get out to California, again, staying with my parents, night before. She's like, measure me. So we take her out into the garage where we can kind of lean her head up against the wall, put her on a flat ground, get a ruler, mark it with a pencil, measure it, 47 inches, not 48. And she, oh, man, she's so mad. Measure me again. I, I, honey, I, it's like this me- measuring t- doesn't lie. Measure me again. Okay, well, it's, it's still, see? And um, we'll have mom measure me. Okay, well, just, she's, still, she's still 47. And then she lights up and she goes, Dad, I know what we should do. I said, what? She said, we should pray. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> that is not what I want to do. I was putting her down that night. This is the night before the big day. And I'm putting all three of them down in the same room. And the other three start piling on there, said, yeah, Dad, we should pray. Doesn't Jesus say all things are possible to him who believes? I'm like, when did you turn into a theologian? I mean, I don't want to pray about this. You know why? Because I don't want to have to put God on the hook. And I don't want to have to apologize for him later. But what am I going to do? I've taught them that praying is a good thing all their lives. So I say, okay, Hadley. I'll pray first. Then you, do you want to pray too? She goes, yeah, oh yeah. I said, okay, you can pray second. She goes, great. So, so I start to pray. And my prayer sounds like this. <laughs> uh, Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for safety. We, we thank you for rules and regulations that keep us safe. And God, we thank you for the um, Disneyland employees who have authority over us. And God, we submit ourselves. I mean, it was, it was kind of like I had a lawyer, like, proof it, you know? It was so safe of a prayer. And then I, I get done. And, and then she's quiet for just a second. And, you know, she's like, she's like in the Norman Rockwell pose of prayer. You know, she's just this. And she just says this. Dear God, I want to ask you, 
It's the only thing I ask. Please make me 48 inches. That was her prayer. Oh, good night. We go to bed. She's up early. And she's like, okay, Dad, let's go to the garage. Would you measure me? Would you? I'm like, okay, I'm going to measure you here. Here it comes. Get it out. Same spot. Level ground. Head against the wall. Ruler. Tape. Pencil. I freaking kid you not, she's 48 inches. She is 48 inches. And I'm sure I've done something wrong. So I call my wife in, she does it, 48 inches. Now we're still gonna hedge. We're like, Hadley, we don't know. I don't know if the foundation has shifted here. I, you know, I don't know what, what we, but we're gonna let Disneyland decide, okay? She's like, okay, but I'm 48, I'm 48. I mean, she starts doing the, the happy dance. We get out there, we go ask an employee, and she does the measuring. She goes, yep, yep, 48, go ahead. She is so excited. Here's a picture of her about to get on her first run of California screaming. We do it two or three times, have an absolute blast. We just charge the rest of the park. We're having so much fun. And then one of us says, hey, let's go do California Screaming again. This is later that afternoon. We go, great. We run through. The line is super low. And just as we're going through that, that place, you know, where it says, you know, 48 inches, you know, in the measuring thing, a Disneyland employee stops Hadley and says, oh, wait, honey, honey, we need to measure you. I'm not sure you're tall enough. Well, no, 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 we said, no, she's fine. We did it this morning. We asked somebody, so they came, they said, no, I'm sorry, I, I need to measure. Puts her under the same exact measuring place. Not 48 inches. Not even close. Here's her joking, by the way. This is, this is the spot. She, she was in good enough spirit. She got in her California screaming, but she wasn't able to go on this one. And, uh, and I ask you, what do you do about that? Well, here's what I've since learned. Do you realize you are taller in the morning than you are in the later afternoon? Because of the gravitational pull on all those bones, joints, and ligaments. We had been measuring her at night, not in the morning. So I ask you, was that a miracle that she got to ride and was 48 inches? Or was it not? Albert Einstein has this, this great thing he says. He says there's two ways to view the world. One way is if nothing is a miracle. And the other way is as if everything's a miracle. Who do you want to be? The third thing about my kids and about kids in general, they get, they get wonder. They get faith, which is that action kind of component. But when they develop those secure attachments, this isn't true for every child because of their upbringing, their home environment, but with the right amount of nurture and care, kids just get love. They get love. I showed you that, that verse, you know, to him alone does wonders. And this idea of his love endures forever that wonder and love somehow go together. 
And then my oldest daughter, whom we adopted from China, that was Mia, the accomplice to Brianna in the video that, that you saw. We ha we've had a real journey of having to kind of catch up on the nurture. We adopted her at 10 and a half months. That was beautiful. We wanted to, um, to be able to bring home our daughter from China before the, the age of one. And God answered that prayer. And yet, a lot can happen in, in 10 and a half months. When you're abandoned, when you're in an orphanage and you're sharing a crib with one other baby or two, and you're in a room full of 30 babies and a, and a handful of workers. And people will say, well, gosh, you got her so young. Like, what? when you talk about kind of a, an abandonment wound, what do you mean? And I just simply put it this way, that in those 10 and a half months, when you cry and cry and no one comes, and you cry and cry and no one comes, and you cry and you cry and no one comes, Ten and a half months of that is a really long time. There's even research that says in utero, a, a, a baby will know that it's being abandoned and rejected. And that wound even begins before they come out of the womb. So you can imagine the first time when my daughter Mia told me and my wife that she loves us. You can imagine how much it would mean to me when she would let me hold her on my lap and I would just hold her in this embrace and when her two other sisters would come rushing to get into my lap too, she'd go, intruder, intruder, intruder. <laughs> and one of the ways that she's always expressed love is through writing. She just writes the sweetest things and this might not surprise you but um, we communicate a lot in our home through whiteboards. <laughs> Happen to have four in our master bedroom, if you're counting. <laughs> and, uh, and so Mia would sneak into our room, and she'd write me little, little love notes. And, uh, and I started saving them. Someday I, I might put them into a book, or at least I, I use them now to remind her that she still loves me. You know, she's 16. <laughs> Here's, here's one. This is Mia, now the, a little bit older. Look at the top there, family picture. You know, therapists will, will have children write and draw about their family, about themselves, and you learn a lot, right? And um, so if you look left, left to right, um, she has a name for her youngest sitter, it's, uh, sister. It's Hadley the Critter. If you go to the far right, it's bookworm Brianna. If you look for mom, beautiful mom, handsome dad. But who's right in the center? She's right in the center. Can't tell you how much that means. Below that, it's actually above that, she drew another picture. And it's the, just the two of us talking. And she says, for me, this is her with, with the little hair there, I love you, Daddy. That's number one, you can see at the top of that bubble. Number two is me, I love you too. 
you are beloved, darling, etc. <laughs> In her speak, like yada yada yada. Do you know that your Father in heaven deeply wishes for you to know that you are so held firm and secure at the very center of his heart, that you're right at the center of his embrace, and that man or woman he calls you beloved as well. The scriptures echo this throughout all the ages. See how great the love of the Father has for you that he has lavished upon you as the children of God, as his beloved, because that is what we are. That is who you are. That is at the core of our, our identity. To him alone who does great wonders, and his love endures forever. You and I this season, we have the opportunity to sit and revel and taste and see in the wonder and to know that we're at the center of his embrace to experience that kind of joy, that kind of wonder. It's what we sing about. And the wonders of his love and the wonders of his love, and the wonders, wonders of his love. Heavenly Father, I want to ask you if you would be so inclined, just take your hands and place them on your laps, palms open. And let's just sit for a moment in the quiet and in the still. Lord, we make space for you this season. If you agree with that, just, just under your breath, just say, yeah. Yeah. We want to slow down this season, if you agree, just keep saying, yeah. yeah. We want to rediscover the wonder and the grandeur. We need your healing in the places that are hard. We invite your hope where we have no hope. Holy Spirit, fall afresh on us. you alone, you alone, God, do great wonders, the wonders of your love that endure forever. 
In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we say, amen. Amen. All right. Well, I said there were, there were three points, and I lied. There were four. What are the three? Kids get what? Wonder. Good. And then kids get faith. What's the difference between wonder and faith? Action. Yeah. Kids get, what's number three? Love. But man, I would not be doing you a service if I didn't bring this home by saying that kids do one more thing. Kids see something they like. Kids see something they want. They do what? They go get it, right? Even when you say no, they hear go, right? (laughs) Kids jump in. They see a puddle, they splash. They see mud, they go right through. They see chocolate cake, they taste and see. So who wants to be kiddish this season? Who wants to practice the wonder and the faith and the love? Well, it's going to require something of us. We're going to have to push beyond our comfort zone. We're going to have to put ourselves in places where if we really want to be childlike, we'll we'll embody that in the ways that, that we live. And so here's what I want to do. It's super quirky, and you just got to let, let go of all, I don't know, sense of decorum <laughs> in this moment because we have, we have dog bowls, more than one. We have one right there. We have one right there. I have one right here. I'm going to put it there. And balcony, I'm coming to you because I've got a fourth one. I'm going to bring it up to you, and here's what I want you to do. I want you, if as a declaration... As a way of just saying, see, some, some, when, when we want to see change in our lives, we have to marry not only what's happening on the inside of us, but with the physicality of what's going on the outside. To make a declaration requires heart, mind, body, and soul. So we're going to make a physical declaration of an internal desire of what we want God to do this season in our lives. So I'm going to ask you that the... the um, Rachel and Ginny, right? They're going to sing the same song that they came in, the one that wasn't like the one that you knew. What is it called again? I forget. Yeah, Angels We Have Heard on High. So they're going to sing that. And as they sing that, I want you to get up out of your seats if you are able, okay? And if you're not able, uh, I'll, I'll just be working the balcony. I'll come back down to you. But I want you to just, I want you to put your fingers in the water and experience air, water, bowl new. No dog saliva, I promise. They've been washed. That's the one thing I'll tell you, okay? I want you just to come to the most normal thing and say, I'm not going to let familiarity breed contempt this season. And I'm going to experience that the whole world is charged with the grandeur of God. And let me also say that there are very sacred things that we do. Communion, baptism, those are called sacraments. Is this like that? Kind of, but not really, (laughs) okay? But I want to give you permission before you leave. Will you get kiddish and, and jump into the wonder? And don't just, don't do this. Oh, okay, don't do that. I want you to jump in. I want you to splash people. I want you to be a kid. Amen? Who's in? Who's in? I need to see hands. Who's going to charge the ball? Okay, leave some for others. Balcony, I'm coming to you. Ready? Let's go.
Fowl. Hey, if you are able, stand with me. Stand with me. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious towards you. And may the Lord's countenance always be turned towards you because it is. And may he, this season and forevermore, bring you peace. Merry Christmas.